When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Pull-Up Trey Podcast. I'm Trey's chauffeur. I'm also known as Samson Folk. Sitting across from me, or perhaps not really across from me, in a different place than me, but opposed to me, adjacent to me, is uh, Trevon Heath. Trey, who is the namesake for the podcast. We talk about basketball, mostly the Raptors, some baseball, some NBA at large. Trey, how the hell are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm- Sitting pretty in my much smaller home, but <laughs> I love, I'm having a <laughs> That's actually, you know what? It's probably true that you are in a smaller home. <laughs> However, I live in the basement of that home. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about the Raptors. First and foremost, we're jumping right into it. And just beforehand, I thought we would do this kind of fun thing. I have to give credit. The first person I saw doing this after I thought about it, was Eric and Blake with The Athletic. They used to do these fake, um, like, contract negotiations for the when they had two athletic writers. If you want a second athletic writer, just let me know, athletic. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we're going to do one of those. We're going to open it up like this. I know people. Some people like Fred a lot. Some people don't like Fred a lot. The good news is you're going to hear both sides of it as we negotiate. I am playing the party of the Raptors. I'm going to try and get these guys as little money as possible. Trey is going, hey, he's a salesman. He's going to try and pitch me on these guys. First guy up, Trey, Fred Van Vliet. Do, do we want to like set the table any more than this, or, or is this is this works for you? This works for me. I'm ready to go. All right. Pitch me. Why, right. why does, why, hey, Fred. Fred's agent, undecided at this point still. I think you don't have an agent. Maybe it's Clutch Sports. I don't know, but how, how's it going, dude? It's good. Um, here to present my client, Fred Van Vliet. I, I think from looking at the team, it's quite clear like he's the leader of the franchise. Whenever there's someone that needs to speak or make a statement or comment on the direction of the team, that's been him. It's clear that through every single person of the team, they've kind of shied away from that. Whereas Fred has been very direct and open with taking that mantle on and carrying it over with Kyle. It's probably one of the biggest reasons why they had success immediately right after that 2019 iteration left left the team. Well, um, just just so you're aware, we are considering large changes, wholesale changes. At at any point, we just fired our coach. We identified the culture, you know, as somewhat of a problem. And if he's a leader of that culture, it's not necessarily you know, good. You you could you could say that, but if you look at a lot of what they were facing, a Tampa season where no other team has never has ever really faced that. They rebounded the next year. He made the All Star team, which no one would have thought initially when he got drafted, and he carried that team for a large chunk of the season 
where when Pascal was hurt, and also when he was trying to figure out his game integrating back in the team. He was their best player for, I would I want to say, 40 to 50 games of that season. Even coming into this year, there's their struggles up and down. They're, they're basically their season up and down correlated towards his performance. It wasn't Pascal. It wasn't Fred. It wasn't Scotty. As his shot improved with better injuries, with, with, with a better coach and, and less injuries, Ideally, over the next few seasons, he's going to his shot is going to realize back to that forty percent level. His elite defense is going to come back because he's not going to be playing forty plus minutes a night at a five eleven body. But it's okay. clear, like it's the team can't function without him, both as a playmaker and also as just a, a floor spacer. What's what are you looking for from us? What what is Fred looking for? See, I'm a, I'm a generous I'm a generous man. I w- let's say three years, a hundred million dollars. Thirty-three point three point three 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 three. That's a bit rich for us. <laughs> We're prepared to offer you. We're prepared to offer Fred four years, ninety million. That's that's as high as we'll go. I don't know. If that's you have to consider. There's other options. There's the Orlando Magic, a team that's. Playing really well. They were roughly around 500 once Markel Fultz came back. What if they put an even better point guard on their team and that fixes their floor spacing issue with Fred? That becomes another person that's vying for a playoff spot, which you guys didn't make last last season. And also, there's that there's the open conversation with Phoenix, who was interested in Fred heading into the trade deadline. And they have a very viable way of trading Chris Paul and you guys getting an old point guard who may not play past next season. Well, we have to make sure, before we talk about these trades, we have to make sure we can at least, you know, other teams have to agree to that money too. And Fred, I know you say his defense will come back, but that's unproven at this point. It was, he's aging point guards, particularly smaller ones. They they tend to go downhill a little bit faster. In addition to that, Fred this year on our side and the media, basically everybody heard about how he didn't want to be playing next to these creator wings how he thought he should be so this orlando magic ideal i'm not sure that that is where fred wants to be i'm not sure that that fits his play style with paolo banquero and franz wagner and yo sure markel fultz he brought it back that helps but how do fultz and you know fred play together i know he likes to play with a point guard the four years 90 million why we're going with this is we feel strongly that fred he had his high water mark the all-star season. At that point in time, he represented around 17, 18% of the cap. We don't think he'll reach all-star level again. And we're willing to offer you around 16% of the cap on the first year of this deal. And it will stay static or ascend a little bit. We could go as high as 94, 95. That's as high as we'll go. And it will ascend a little bit with the cap so it can maintain percentages. But we're not really comfortable with Fred at 32, 31, representing more than 15% of the cap sheet. So and if the reason why we do this is that Fred acknowledged on the J.J. Reddick podcast, Fred has acknowledged elsewhere that his shooting performance was somewhat related to his health. There's no indication that his shooting, while it did improve, is as good as it once was. 
there is no indication that aside from Jakob Pertl, his pick and roll offense was as good as it was to finish the season. And his defense, this was the first year that the team was ever worse with him defensively. All of these things paired with, you know, nagging injuries, all this kind of stuff, it makes us feel like we don't want to invest a massive amount of the cap in Fred Van Vliet. Four years, $93 million. Four years, $93 million. And That's... here, I'll, I'll, on top of that, if not only does that make it more affordable for us and also get Fred paid, it's a lot of money. Hey, it's a lot of money. No, nobody, nobody's scoffing at, I, I don't even make 21, 22 million a year, you know, <laughs> nobody's scoffing at that. But if he is making not an exorbitant amount of the cap, this is a guy who has won at the high school level. He's won at the collegiate level. He's won at the NBA level. This will make it easier. And we can guarantee good faith on our side that we will facilitate if the time comes a trade on an affordable contract to a con- a group of contenders. We will try and make it work down the road that he can be a finishing piece, but he can't be a finishing piece if he's making so much money. Mm. What does Fred want to do? Does he want to try and win in Toronto where we need to save a little bit of money right now or, or try and win elsewhere once we decide what we want to do? That's where we're at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, um, one, you guys can't really afford not to pay him considering – you don't have a first-round pick next year. You went all in on the core. And it, and as you've seen, even with his, his on-off numbers this season, the the lineups that the Raptors have are untenable with, with Fred on the court. You, your, your sort of options are, am I going to go with a Chris Paul? Am I going to maybe trade with the Lakers, who are at Clutch Sports? We love the Lakers. Um, <laughs> there's a D'Angelo Russell trade-out, which gets you – maybe 60, 70% of the player that, that Fred is. I think because Fred is loves the city, loves being a franchise leader here, we can do four years, 110. It's a bit rich for me, I'm afraid to say. We'll go to four years, 100. That's where, that's the final offer. We four can't years, go higher than four years, 100. Four years, 100. Hmm. It seems like that's a contract that ends up getting him traded. So if they're gonna, if he's gonna give up that sort of vulnerable, he's gonna be more vulnerable. I don't think he can commit to that many years. We can probably do two years, sixty. Hmm. Two years, fifty-four. You know what? I, I, I could take that. I could take that. Two years, 54? Yeah, I could take that. Shake on it? All right. Now, everybody's going to be mad at me. And some <laughs> Fred's, Fred, if they're, if they're, if his agents, if his team is watching this, they're going to be mad at you. Um, that was fun. That seemed like a fun exercise. Um, I don't know if I want to repeat the exercise for Jakob. And no, Gary, I think I think we we kind of did the yeah. we did the exercise. That's where it is. Um, I think now let me say this. I'll justify it more. The cap is going from 123 million to 134 million projected. 
it's going to, I think, raise by at least 10 million, if not 15 million the year after that. So if Fred is making 27 million next year, I think that's equivalent to like 19% of the cap space, which is probably a bit rich for some people. But again, the Raptors have to be able to keep this asset. They have to be able to keep Fred. They don't want to let him walk for nothing. And there will be other teams interested, like guaranteed, whether or not they want to pay what they want to pay him, all this kind of stuff, they will be interested. Um, They also have his bird rights. That's important. On top of that, I think that um, 27 million the year after that will be pretty affordable. And I think that will put the Raptors in a really great position a summer from now to trade Fred if they want to at the draft. And I think um, he'll have a year where the Raptors presumably are bringing everybody back can put them, I guess, in a position where if they're trying to win because they don't have their first round pick, that's what it might look like. And 27 million, as crazy as it sounds, RJ Barrett, 30, you know, Jordan Poole, 30, Hero, 30. I know people have thoughts about those guys, what they might grow into. But again, this is a short term contract for Fred. We'll see how it goes. Um, Again, this isn't something Trey and I prepared for extensively, so that's that's kind of how it should go. Do you have any Do you have any opinion on how you did on your side of things? I I think I got him considering his his play over the last like eighteen months. I I think I got him a good deal. <laughs> I think I I do wonder if he's looking for the longer term one. I would assume, or yeah. because in his camp, you know, I, I I do wonder because honestly. By the time year four rolls around, if it was four years, 90, getting paid like, what, 22.5, that would be, I think, really, really cheap at that yeah. point in time. Because the cap, I think, would could be as high as like, man, like 155, 160. Yeah. And so that's, that's minuscule at that point. That's really not a lot yeah. of money. Um, that's almost like, that's like 12 or 13%. That's... That would yeah. be kind of crazy. I think they probably find like some middle ground. Like I feel like he signs like another three year deal, most likely with with an opt out after three. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was like three years between eighty and ninety. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I expected to end up around. Although, I mean, who knows really? Yeah. If it was three years, eighty one, like twenty seven a year. I, I don't know. This stuff is tough to project. I guess we'll see. There are people who comment about it. When it comes to Raptors contracts, basically all the guesses have been wrong over the past however many years. OG, I believe, the people who like, uh, who is it? He's the Nets guy. Now he's in media. Sean Marks. Is that? No. Is it? Oh, no. Not Sean Marks. Oh, uh, Bobby. Is it Bobby Marks? Uh, something. I can't remember. Anyway. He was like, oh, yeah, I could see OG getting, you know, 25 a year on this contract extension. And John Hollinger was like, it could go as high as 25 a year on this contract extension. And I think when Blake and Eric did their faux contract negotiation, I think it ended up at higher than what OG ended up accepting. And OG ended up accepting close to like 17, 18 a year over four years. That was crazy. Fred, also a guy who I think at that point in time, when he signed his contract, what ended up being four years, 85 was he was rumored to go as high as 110 and people were expecting between 90 and 100. And then it was lower still. So 
it's really tough to kind of gauge this stuff. Um, the Raptors also overpaid probably for Gary. Like that, that contract is very friendly to Gary in some sense and not that great for the Raptors in another sense, right? And as far as Cam Birch, like three years, 18 million, it's the lower end, so it's not as severe, but that's quite a bit of money for Cam Birch. Like he's, what happens on his last year of his contract, who knows, in San Antonio. Anyway, let's move on to Jakob Pertle. Just Trey the person. You're not anybody's agent, no worries. Um, what, do, what do you offer for, what do you want for Jakob? Like, like, I feel like Jakob is like is going to be signed at twelve oh one on um July first, but I I think like something of the range of like three years sixty million dollars is like very very fair. He's like one of the he's probably like the second or third most important player on the team, and they're basing a lot of their expected jump next season is that they have him for a full year and it fixes majority of their problems. So they can't let him go. And it's an easy decision to sign him. Centers also aren't going for super expensive, aren't super expensive typically. So I don't think there's really going to be much of a negotiation. And that's the thing too. You wonder like a team like Orlando with cap space probably isn't looking at Jakob. Yeah. Like the Hornets probably not looking at Jakob. It's just, you wonder what team would be able to come out and snatch him away. What I wonder is if he, cause he only made like nine between nine and 10 million, maybe like 9.8 this last season. Yeah. That's nothing. That's crazy for how good he was. That's crazy production. And I wonder how big a jump he's looking to get. Cause a guy like Steven Adams, guys like JV, Robert Williams, you go to the high end, of that tier, like the either all-star in a good year or sub all-star, just like Jared Allen grouping. That's only 20 million. Like Jared Allen's going to make 20 million next year. So I wonder if this is Jakob's big payday and it's maybe like 360, 480, something like that. And as a person who covers the team, wants the team to have healthy, um, a healthy roster a healthy checkbook that allows them to maneuver into the future, all that kind of stuff. Not that I care that much. Just it's about the utility of it, not about them actually spending the money, all that kind of stuff. I think that's, that's a fine contract, especially since you trade a first round pick for him, you better retain him. <laughs> and, and if you don't retain him, you better make sure that, that you get a, like a decent sign and trade, but it would be, I, He's having conversations with the team, no doubt about it. What he said in exit interviews wasn't like a a major cosign of the organization. Like, oh, I can't wait to get back here or anything like that. So that's kind of, we'll see about that. But they, they're going to have lots of conversations. It could be a 1201, but I also, it could be 1201 regardless because you can play the field beforehand, yeah. obviously. But I think Jakob is going to hear more than the Raptors out this uh, off season. It, and if it hasn't already started, I think it probably will soon just as a thing. But yeah, we're around the three, three years, 60 is yeah. kind of a decent ballpark. Yeah. That, that's super easy. He's a, I think Masai in the press conversation is a top 10 center. He's, yep. he's roughly around there and he, he's in, ignited the team through um, the trade deadline all the way to the end of the season where everyone was super confident they were going to pull out and grab the eighth seed. And they didn't. And they did not. (laughs) And you know what? That wasn't his fault either. No. 
But I, I do think that he played like a top 10 center. Over the course of the season, maybe he gets booted out. But certainly his stretch with the Raptors, you, you yeah. won't find 10 centers better than him over that stretch. I think that's decent. Gary, the guy who I think at the end of the season, post-All-Star break, Fred made himself some money. Jakob made himself some money. Gary lost himself some money. Reported, wanted around. He wanted to be considered in the ballpark of the Pools, the Heroes, the Barretts. Yeah. That's like that's his group of guys that he would be compared to, right? They got the extension a year earlier, but this is a guy who he can take $18 million if he takes a player option. I doubt he takes that, especially with on the Raptors. You can see his role shrinking. Yeah. You saw it happen. I think he was looking for around midseason when they were reporting this and when teams were kind of talking about it, $25 million if they were going to be trading for him. They want to retain him afterwards. It sounded like 25 a year was what he was looking for. Maybe that ends up going, if he had a really good finish, as high as like four years, 110. Maybe it comes back down to like maybe four years, 85 now, four years, 90. Do you, where do you expect it might end up? Uh, the Gary situation is probably the toughest decision that they're going to have to make, just considering if you re-sign Gary along with the other ones, you're locking yourself into this team, or at least for the year, and you're saying that we're okay with paying the cap to find out if they could make the playoffs, which is... A very, very tough thing to do. For me, um, the biggest thing that you want to retain is that salary slot is because the, that 18 to like early 20s range is like a very easy tradable contract to eventually get to the star that you want. And the big reason why even last summer everyone was pushing for that star trade is because they had the combination of an OG and a Gary who line up for that 40 million plus slot they're both young, attractive pieces to, to be traded. Um, I don't think there's a real avenue for him to, to start. but On most good teams. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clear, like, from the trade down, like, they tried to trade him and there was no real real takers. So I would play I would play more hardball with him. I would offer him four years, 75. And if he doesn't take it, then he doesn't take it. That's basically not even a raise for him, right? Yeah. And also on top of that, he, he'll probably be coveted not only because like he's a guaranteed, at least in the eyes of the NBA right now, positive player. Yeah. Like if you get him on your team, your team gets a little bit better. He's a really great shooter. He has, you know, ice in his veins, all this kind of stuff. The all that other narrative stuff is attached to Gary. He has it. He's also really professional. He's a great guy. People like him a lot. Other teams, as far as a guy they want to bring in for spacing to help out their young stars, and also you talked about that contract slot. Other teams might just they might just have that, you know, like yeah, uh, we could sign Gary Trent Jr. and then we could trade him for like a future first or something like that. They they might have that in their mind. So I do I do wonder kind of how that shakes out. Um, four years, seventy five. That's that's like a very modest raise. Like yeah, that's yeah. It's definitely hard, but like I think the ideal scenario is that you sign and trade him somewhere else, so that you can you can get someone that fits the team a lot better. Um, ideally under a contract for a longer period of time, like someone who I've wanted on the Raptors for years, and he's 
a sign and trade with him would be they're probably in a similar slot is PJ Washington, for example, mm. someone who who is who would connect all of the lineups that they are trying to do, offers additional spacing, plays defense. We don't know what to predict or style they're going to be doing, but like he's a a, a nurse fit, for example, it would have if that trade makes a lot of sense. And like for the Hornets perspective, they have. Um, Another connected piece next to Lamelo, who's not Gordon Hayward, and um, for anyone who knows, like my original standpoint on the the Hornets, like that's my mistress team, and with that team, they come and go as Gordon Hayward's health comes and goes, because there's no one else to bail Lamelo and and Terry out of those possessions and and finish either getting into lane or or hitting um, open threes with the creation that both of them do, and I think Gary fills a lot of that. So I think PJ is um, a past trade. Just with the way the front court, like Precious, Jakob, Pascal, Scotty, OG, I'm just trying to figure out, especially since you and I, we talked about on one of the other episodes, is like, wouldn't we like to get a guard in there, you know? And sending out a guard for another three, four guy in PJ. I do like PJ. I understand why you like PJ. But as far as like his road to minutes, yeah, all that kind of stuff, I'm not sure. What I would be really interested in is if Gary, like, if he could nab a late first and the Raptors, and he probably can't, honestly. But if the, if he could nab a late first, like the latest first, <laughs> and the Raptors could couple that with their existing pick to jump like one or two spots, mm-hmm. I just think like, Maybe maybe that's something to do, or maybe you just you pick at eleven or ten from like ten to thirteen, probably somewhere in there, yeah. and then you grab somebody at the end of the draft. It's it's tough to say, really, but I do I do wonder what that looks like. Yeah, it's tough. Like I I don't see how you can justify them going into the tax, considering everything that happened. It's the only justification is that the Raptors are super rich, yeah. like. Their ungodly amount of money. That's true. It's, That's not it's money an extremely rich organization, and you know, it 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 just depends if you're like looking at like, okay, this is the mid level exception versus the taxpayer mid level exception, the biannual exception, like all this kind of stuff. Does it matter to you in the future? Is is the Raptors being in the tax because what did? You know, is it going to affect their ability to make trades in the future? Because Masai Jerry came out as it at his exit interview and was like, trades are the new free agency, pre-agency, as it were, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It, it depends. I There would be some restrictions. I'm sure there's some permutation of a trade they want to make in the future that they have their eyes on that they're like, if we're over the tax, we can't actually do that trade. Yeah. We have to rely on a third team to kind of like help us through it. And if we're under the tax, then we can do that trade. And maybe Gary coming back to the team, seeing as his impact is a lot less than Fred's, a lot less than Jakob's, and the team clearly hasn't prioritized him, you wonder if anybody was going to walk, it'd probably be Gary. Yeah. I, I wonder if that happens, though. Fans would be upset. Yeah. And I think, like, rightly so. You just don't want to let guys walk because they've been letting guys walk. And you don't want to let guys walk, you know? It's tough. Yeah. The other thing I want to talk about. I was inspired 
Trey. Absolutely inspired. There was a thread on Twitter of uh, some guy took a picture of the Staples Center dressed in its Clippers garb after everybody had cleared out. The, you know, the modus operandi. I'm a media member. You don't know who I am, but I was there. I'm going to tell you everything that went down with the Clippers this year. Quite frankly, I think it's, I think it's absolute. It's not real. I think there's probably um, kernels of truth in there. Yeah. I, but I think that those are, you know, you can derive truth from context yeah, and then guess it. You can deduce, right? I want, cause I can't comment, Trey. I can simply only be a party to it because I'm actually a media member. I want you, and I know you saw the thread, I want your fan fiction of the Raptors season. What went wrong? What do you think happened? And by the way, since I'm sitting here, Raptors PR, I am not co-signing any of this, okay? This is fan fiction. Okay. If I make a face or raise an eyebrow, that is not, okay, I'm not co-signing it. Trey. Your fan fiction of the Raptors season. Okay, gotcha. I feel like in the beginning of the season, Masai tells Nick Nurse, we need to make the, the second round of the, the playoffs, no matter what. He goes he goes into the season and essentially plays Fred and Pascal into the ground trying to get into that <laughs> into the, a top four seed to ideally, you know, get a better positioning into making the playoffs. That doesn't work. Masai wants to pivot, and in comes, here's a meeting, let's talk about Delano Banton and Malachi playing more. He looks at the agenda, he says, what the f*** is this? I've seen these guys in practice, they're not very good. <laughs> he sees them, they're not very good. That's like early, early tension. And then Wait, also... What time of the year is this? Let's say... Is this before or after Delano's 27-point game against Detroit? I'm going to say after. It makes more sense if it's after because he okay. doesn't play after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that happens as well. And then also inner, inner tension as well with – and this this actually I feel like is somewhat true – with um, them trying to hand Scotty these primary possessions and Fred having to play off of him. There's tension <laughs> in between that as well because Fred has an all-star season. They're giving the ball to Scotty, and he's struggling mightily. This leads to some tension. Scotty also isn't playing defense a lot, and Fred is usually the most vocal on the team about playing defense, sticking to the scheme, sticking to our Denny, so on and so forth. I think January comes on. There's that – what is the six-game losing streak? I think it's early January. Uh, December. December. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The back end of January. Sorry. Okay, I was right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that happens. I think everyone on the impression is is hoping for trades. Masai goes into into the deadline saying like we're gonna blow we're gonna blow this up, uh, for the at least in terms of the core perspective. He call, he calls up <laughs> Mr. Bomber. They say we just want to do right by Fred, <laughs> Terrence Mann, two thousand and twenty eight pick. He's yours. The bomber calls up Lawrence Frank. He looks he, he looks at his basketball reference and sees that his he's shooting the same percentage as Julius Randle. Phone click phone clicks. 
<laughs> then he calls Pat Riley, and Pat Riley's asleep, so they can't do the Kyle Lowry trade. <laughs> that was that's true, by the way. That's crazy. Yeah, no. That Pat Riley had his like, you know, sundown nap in the afternoon and missed out on the trade. Although Miami's about to go to the second round, it seems. Oh, anyway, go keep going, keep going. Okay. In in the and I'm assuming there's a GM group chat. Just it just sure. has to be the more efficient that way. But he says Gary Trent Jr. is available. Nobody answers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody answers. So he he realizes going in like, oh, there's nothing much we can do with this team. I'm, let's call up San Antonio. Let's get Jacoperto. And that's how the first round pick was spent. The team is mad that they're still together. They they try to rebound. They it, it somewhat works, but then they don't make the playoffs. And we are here today. So we'll go back to the fanfic again. How do you Nick is gone. Yes. I will say, again, this is Media Samson. That I think Nick contributed to the the degrading of the culture, you know? Yeah. Um, like I, I think that, I think that he was part of that. I don't think he helped that. And um, I think that they stand a better chance at kind of recouping the value and, and the, the good vibes with the new coach. Uh, uh, that's, that's how I feel about that. Back to the fanfic. How do you, how do you get this team? If they want to re-sign guys back into the, like what needs to happen? What conversations do you want to have happen? You said, friend, Scotty, there's tension. You know, Pascal, he's kind of checked out. He hasn't said winning fixes everything in yeah. six months. You know, it's been a long time. What are you doing? Okay. The first thing I do is is go to Vanderbilt, call, call Jerry Stackhouse, give him whatever that he wants. Um, I watch a lot of college ball. Um, Vanderbilt's not they, – they're not really a powerhouse – he helped them win the SEC by essentially using a pro-style offense, opening up the floor and utilizing their shooters, and they braided everybody and won unexpectedly. You you call you call him up just because anytime he enters in the room, he can look at anybody in the eye. Maybe even Pascal. <laughs> maybe even Pascal. Pascal hasn't got a twenty-seven point per game season. And say you are never better than me. <laughs> Instant, instant respect right there. He already knows the organization. He he already knows a lot of these players. He's a lot of them have come through the G League, especially like the core guys, essentially like Fred and, and Pascal. So it's an easy fix right there. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, like Stacks' big concept is like opening up, opening up the floor, shrinking the floor on defense. That works perfectly for what we want to do because you have Yaka Proto. You can play drop. You can allow us to play a more conservative defense that ideally makes Pascal and Fred have more juice offensively. Um, but you do need to reconfigure the team to, to run his offense to have a bit more shooting. Ideally, Otto Porter's toe is, 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 is perfect. Located. It's found in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Is, is located. I think they would have to ideally turn Boucher and and Gary into uh, a guard and another wing shooter so that their lineups make a, a lot more sense. Because I think with Bo- although Boucher and, and Precious play very well together, I don't think you can play those lineups as much with Jakob on the team. 
So for 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 that reason, and I do want to, re- I'm a precious Stan. I would I would look to flip Boucher into a into a another guard or another wing, and ideally Gary into that point guard who leads the the bench lamps and takes the team further. I think that's a a much cleaner identity. Ideally, re-sign OG as well, and then um you can move from move forward from there with someone that you know knows the organization is having success with the system that he's using, maybe even if it is in college, and is going to command respect on the team automatically. You know what else? When he walks into the media room and he says, who else here is bald? (laughs) I'm going to have a leg up. When I ask, you know, hey, you started started flipping the screens right here to, you know, to attack, you know, like at a different angle. You started setting the pin in as well. He says, I like this guy. You know, I like the cut of his jib. That's um, I never got that with Nate Bjorkren. I got I, one time I got the you know the look like the oh. gimme, and I felt like it was a bald to bald thing. You know, like there's a lot of power in that the, the bald fraternity that Larry David talks about. Anyway, that's that's pretty good f- fan fiction. I feel pretty good about that. This is a shorter episode, of course. Um, Blue Jays, any Blue Jays thoughts before we get out here? Starting starting pitching seems pretty great. No, Barrios is back. <laughs> Let's go. No, our four five slot has probably been more consistent than our one two slot. It actually has, which is which is crazy. I think Barrios is back down to sub five ERA. Yeah. Kikuchi might be in the like the high twos or the low threes right now. Um, yeah. Gossman is mid twos. Or high twos. Manoa's like high fours or maybe low fives or something like that. But no, they're, they're the, doing really well. Like, especially heading into to late last week where they're they have this stretch of the Yankees or the Rays, Yankees, then the Astros to win two two of the three of those series, like bodes really well for like what that what they have and who they are. And like defensively, they've kept themselves in so many games, even even when it looks like they have, they don't have a shot, or like Bassett gives up a couple runs early on. That usually last year s- snowballs into more runs. The defense can't make plays. We're down four nothing, and we were hoping that we have another like Vlad ex- explosion. But this season, it kind of feels like from like if I was gonna reference like a basketball, like OKC as a young team, they were very fun. But then they they realized let's add a few veterans to make this an actual basketball team and be competitive and try to make the playoffs. It seems like the Blue Jays have made that adjustment and they're like a, a more mature team and look like they are a, they're going to make a run of the playoffs. I think the the thing I like most is that they're winning a bunch of different ways. Yeah, you know, like it, it seemed like in past years there was a formula and the Blue Jays had to have that formula, but now it just seems like they win. If they get good starting pitching, man, they just win the game like right out. But they they've manufactured runs in close games. They've tacked on to create bigger leads and some of the bigger wins. And they've they've hung around with like defense and yeah, the the runners in scoring position that has to get better. Yeah. But I think that comes around with time and the fact that they were able to navigate some tough hitting performances, I think, is really great. They're yeah, they won two out of three against the Yankees lost two out of three against the Astros, but the Astros just started turning the corners. They went and just demolished the Braves right after that. And the Braves were really good. They're like the, 
the Rays of the National League, and they beat the Rays. They just swept the White Sox. We're going to the next game. Mariners, Manoa start, free jersey day. (laughs) And, um, yeah, we're taking a leg to his first ever Blue Jays game. That'll be a blast. And, um, yeah, hopefully, and we're going to see this guy return, Teoscar Hernandez. Big shout out, Teo. Um, Good vibes on that guy. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I think it'll be an absolute blast. Um, hopefully this podcast was an absolute blast for those who listen to it. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Trey, any parting shots before we get out of here? Um, I'm going to guarantee a, a Kings win today. Wow. Davion Mitchell is turning the lights off. For it's seven. an off night. Yeah, it's an off night. Okay. Noted. This is, this is something that listeners will know better than we do now. But by the time you're listening to this, they've they've either won or lost. Trey will be wearing this one. Can I also say, our bet, the bald, the beard, the Grizzlies are down 3-1. <laughs> the Pelicans didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> Although, I still feel pretty good about the Pelicans. Like, we raved and ranted about the Pelicans heading yeah. into the future. That team, all the players they have on it. And it seems like CJ probably isn't hanging around in the future, but it also seems like like Zion just has to get healthy. Yeah. I know that a lot of people say Zion doesn't do this, doesn't do that, but I also think the, the Kawhi Leonard conversation is super informative that every single time people are like, why isn't Kawhi playing little baby, doesn't want to hoop, all this kind of stuff. It turns out he has like a torn ACL or a torn meniscus or – degenerative knee diseases or anything like that so it's just i feel it's best or on the side of the players want to play yeah and they will when they're capable and i think zion fits the bill for that too i i, I think the pelicans will be great but regardless you and i oh, we got cooked brother <laughs> we got absolutely the grizzlies are technically still in the playoffs who knows that yeah <laughs> actually they might not be by the time this is <laughs> we'll see Thank God we didn't have a clause where if we're both wrong, we do it anyway. Yeah. Next year we gotta find one. I want to shave that head, bro. I want. I want that. I want that bald. I want like eight year old Trey looking clean, oh. bald head. Jeez. That's what I need. Okay, right. Trey. Uh, did parting shots, listeners. Thanks for tuning in with us. Hope you enjoyed it. Lots more to come this summer. Be talking with some scouts. Be talking with some media analysts. We'll be talking to each other uh, as per usual and probably some, some pals as well. All the good stuff. Thanks for tuning in and yeah. 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 Like the video. If you're on YouTube, that's a good thing. Subscribe. If you're on YouTube, that's a good thing. Subscribe to the website. That's the most important thing. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for chopping it up with us. If you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. <laughs>